1: Stephen was a monster, man, he's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like We call him you know, uh, Gandalf, because like, he's never early or
2: late, he's always <laughs> at the right time.
1: And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about it, percentages, honestly, all I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm here to stay.
2: Hello and welcome to the uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA OKC Thunder and pop culture You can find our episodes on iTunes SoundCloud Spotify Stitcher and our website the uncontested I'm the Thunder mob Jacob and today I have with me Nick what's up and Taylor
3: Kyler for Heisman Kyler knows
2: he is he's gonna win a Heisman here in about what is it now like eight hours.
3: Yeah, about eight yeah, hours. seven o'clock.
2: All right, so we are going to talk about the Thunder a little bit today. We are going to uh, give out our, our quarter season report cards. We're going to go around the association. There's a, there's a few interesting things around the league we need to talk about. And time permitting, we have a, a pretty fun pop culture minute for you guys. Uh, gentlemen, are you just ready to jump right into this thing? Let's do, let's it. do it. Awesome. So let's start with the Thunder. We're going to give out... A report card to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've watched them a quarter of their season. It's kind of like the end of the first nine weeks. We're at like their fall break, kind of. And we are going to send home a report card assessing how well they've been. So I have a couple of categories here. Yeah, (laughs) my, my inner teacher coming out here. So I have a couple categories here. I'm going to give you guys a category. And you give me an A through F grade. And then, like, whenever you're a little kid, like, in, in elementary school, you know, they give you your letter grade. But then, like, the, the teacher writes comments on, like, why you got that letter grade, right? Like, the justification. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, So, I'm going to give you a category, and then you give me your letter grade and your justification. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Yep. Taylor, I'm going to start with you. Uh, the first category that this team is being graded on is the starters, so we're obviously going with Jeremy Grant over over Patrick Patterson, even though he started the first three to four games. So give me your letter grade and your justification for the starters.
3: So I'm gonna go with a B plus here. Uh, we kind of got off to a slow start for, uh, once, uh, and I'm I'm starting this when Russ got back after those first four games. Um, you know, Shooter Seems came fair. in with that with those starters and he played well, but. I feel like the real starters of this team are Russ, Paul George, Ferguson, Grant, like you said, and Steven Adams. I'm going to give them a B-plus because we've seen a couple of games where they've struggled, particularly Russ, you know, sometimes PG. I tweeted out last night that Paul George is still one of the streakiest players and scorers I've ever followed, and I love him dearly, but he'll go, like, you know, just go absolutely supernova like he did against Brooklyn, and then the next, you know, even the next, from quarter to quarter sometimes, uh, we saw that in the Brooklyn game, and then game to game, like Brooklyn to last night's game against uh, Chicago. Meanwhile, Rush just still doesn't look like Russ to me completely. You know, he uh, he's still trying to get settled in Billy mentioned yesterday they still trying to get his legs under him. He felt or <laughs> Billy mentioned that Russ is still trying to get his legs under him. He uh, Billy felt like. And I think I agree. I mean, I think we even saw that last night. Russ had another breakaway layup where he went and just laid the ball instead of going for a monster dunk, which we just have never seen. Maybe like these knee surgeries have have kind of like brought awareness to him that he needs to try and and prolong his um his career. But I don't know. It's, it's, something seems off there to me, particularly like last night. So I'm going to go ahead and give these guys a B plus. I think Jeremy Grant has been incredible. Terrence Ferguson has developed so much this season, particularly on the defensive side. But we've seen him hitting threes the past two games, which has been awesome. And then uh, Jeremy Grant, you know, had, had, or sorry, Stephen Adams. I mentioned Jeremy, but uh, Stephen Adams has just been awesome again this year. He's had a couple bad games, but overall he's been great. So I'm going with the B+.
2: Stephen Adams might be the most consistent guy in the starting five.
3: Which is saying something when you have guys like Jeremy Grant and even Ferguson of, of, of late, you know, who, who have been very consistent. Definitely. Um, I'm with you.
4: Definitely.
2: Nick, do you agree with that assessment? Are they a B-plus?
4: Yeah, I, I say B-plus, A-minus, only because our starting lineup really hasn't been consistent the whole year with injuries and such. You know, we've had a bunch of different guys start at shooting guard. We've tried Patterson at the fourth to start the year, and now Jeremy Grant And when that's happening, it's really, really hard to have consistency as a starting lineup and play well together. And I think for the most part, you know, you look at our record, um, they have still played well together with all that happening. Uh, That being said, I'm also giving them that grade because I really only consider Russ, PG, Jeremy, and Steve real starters because when Robertson comes back, I think he may find a way back into the starting lineup. So if we're Assessing strictly if starters. Robinson comes back. Right, right. <laughs> for assessing specifically starters. I don't even know if I consider some of the guys that have started starters, so I'm gonna judge them later on.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Alright, Nick, I'm coming to you for the next one. Go ahead and give us your letter grade and your justification for the bench.
4: The bench I'm going to give a B minus. I think They've had some really, really good games where they've kept us in. They've extended leads. There's also been games where they've contributed a total of like nine points as a bench. And specifically on an individual player basis, a lot of those guys are inconsistent as well. I know if you look back, if you were to listen to our podcast from weeks ago, it's almost like a guessing game on which bench player we're praising and which bench player we say we have no use for. You know, at one point we're talking about Alex Abrines the god, and now it looks like Alex Abrines the kid from the YMCA, that can't hit a three. <laughs> so I think just because of inconsistency, I'm going to give them that letter grade. They've been okay. They haven't been great. Um, but they've also been pretty bad at points.
2: I think that's pretty accurate. I, I was thinking B-minus as well. Like you said, just the inconsistency. Like, take last night's Bulls game, for example. nerland's noel I thought maybe had his worst offensive game of the year for the Thunder. He played great defense. Definitely. He was a good rim protector. But And then you have Patterson and Abrinas coming off that bench who inconsistency has just kind of defined their careers. Dennis Schroeder yep. typically shows up to play and does a good job. But it's just, just this up and down. Hamadou Diallo, you know, it's, as a rookie, you expect inconsistency. So it's it's the bench is this constant up-and-down kind of wild card. So I think B-minus is a is a pretty fair grade.
3: Yeah, that, that's exactly where I, I was going to. You know, it, it also kind of depends, I think, what we – you know, it when we're grading the bench, are we grading the bench unit or are we grading just the bench as a whole? Because you have lineups like, you know, Russ and Dennis Schroeder coming in, you know, playing the two-guard. Uh, I have a stat here that says Russ and Dennis when they're on the floor together, OKC is a plus fifteen point five for one hundred or of over, a over hundred uh, for over four hundred twenty six possessions. That was Jason Potter on Twitter. Um, that's a uh, that's you know, pretty
2: good sample size.
3: And right, I mean that's and that's they've been getting a lot of yeah. It's a big sample size. Meanwhile, one of the best uh, plus minuses in linus that we have for a significant amount of minutes are all bench players. You know, we have like. Russ, Paul George, Dennis Shooter, Stephen Adams, and Abrinas. They played – oh, okay, never mind. they only played 8.3 minutes together, so maybe this one isn't the best. But they're a plus minus 8.5. Here's a better one. We have uh, Paul George, Dennis Shooter, Stephen Adams. This is the starters minus Russ. They played 13.2 minutes together per game for a plus minus of 6.8. So, you know, like some of these guys are coming in really contributing uh, with these starters. And we've seen Billy kind of stagger these lineups. And it's it's worked, um, but meanwhile, like you guys said, these all bench lineups just haven't really been working. Particularly when you have guys like Patterson and Abrinas who are just so streaky, which is really disappointing. Because I thought I thought Abrinas was really turning a corner there when when he came back from his what was it his uh, his illness, and then he he scored like 21 points, had seven three pointers, yep, like two games back from uh, finally being healthy again. So uh, I I think B minus is probably pretty fair. However, okay. I will say, and I think we mentioned this on the last group pod, that this is one of the deepest teams I think we've ever had. You have LC who came in there for a short period, who n- none of us are high on, but he still was able to contribute and keep us afloat while we had like half, almost, not even half,
4: almost the majority of our wings were out. Uh, yeah, due that's, to that's good. I, I think B minus is a really good grade considering our bench in recent history would not be passing a class. It'd be F's. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. Okay, next category, Taylor, I'm coming back to you for this one. This one should be interesting. I want you to give the offense a letter grade and a justification.
3: Oh, that's so hard. I didn't what get to look what she said. Up, look at, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't get to look up stats on this one, so I'm just going to have to wing it. But I'm going to – I didn't do my homework, but boom, but uh, I'm gonna probably go with a, I guess a C plus. They're very yeah, average. That's you a little know, bit higher what, than I What I'd was give their, them. what was their net rating, or what is their net rating after last night? Their offensive or not, not? Their, their net, net Sorry, their, their net rating
2: right now. They are fourth in the league at a six point five, offensive rating. They are sixteenth like, in the league. Yeah. Basically, yeah, that, tied for sixteenth slash seventeenth uh point one point behind eighteen point four points ahead of nineteen, and only point six points ahead of being bottom ten
3: ooh, so yeah, I mean that might warrant just a c I'm gonna go with the C on offense and I think an A on defense
2: okay, very good, Nick, do you agree with that
4: yeah, I think C is right on the offense we are middle of the pack you don't even need stats to back up that assessment there's times where we're hitting shots and our threes are falling from guys that aren't great three point shooters and we look amazing and there's times when we can't hit the broad side of a barn and we're very very stagnant and i just think you know a c middle of the road grade is exactly you know what we've what we've earned so far
2: interesting so i'll probably give the offense a minus. Yep, Because a, a big part of it is inconsistency. This team has three-point shooters that aren't hitting shots. Thunder currently in three-point percentage are 28th in the league. And then in free-throw percentage, they're 27th in the league. Guys like Terrence Ferguson, Alex Sabrinas, Patrick Patterson, Paul George are all – Russell Westbrook, all shooting below career averages from the three-point line. I think the only player shooting above his career average from the three-point line is Jeremy Grant, who's actually shooting the piss out of the ball right now.
3: It is awesome.
2: I think <laughs> if if the rest of those guys could hit their career average from three, this team would be much, much better offensively. Uh, a lot of open shots not falling, and recently... It seems like they're just kind of out of sync offensively. They're, they're trying to force to play fast instead of letting yep. it happen naturally, which is leading to lots of turnovers. Um, this team, where do they rank in turnovers per game? They're actually not that bad. They're 12th in the league in turnovers per game. So they're, um, I, I feel like that number has kind of dropped recently. But I was I, I'd say, probably I give. Think, yeah. I'd probably give a, a C- for for the offense. All right, Nick, flip side of the coin, what letter grade and justification are you giving the defense?
4: Defense has obviously been really, really good. I think there's still areas we can improve, and I don't know why we're changing our defensive scheme all of a sudden these last couple games. It seems like the things that were working for us and the things that were causing turnovers and you know, helping us do what we do best. We're like going away from now. I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's fatigue. I don't know what it is. But it overall, seems like laziness season, to me. Get, that's exactly yeah, I don't what know. it. Seems yeah. like unfocused
2: it's, it's like, laziness. It's,
3: it's like
4: some, we're ready.
3: We're ready to play the Utah Jazz, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Denver Nuggets, and the Los Angeles Clippers. And we're tired of playing the Brooklyn Nets, the Chicago Bulls, and the Atlanta Hawks. Fill in the blank. You know, that's kind of yeah. what I got from it. Yeah.
4: But, but even with these last two games where it's looked like they're disinterested almost, I think overall in the season you have no choice but to give them an A. I don't know if they're A plus. I don't. They're not elite yet, in my opinion. I think they could go to A plus if Robertson comes back and and can be the guy he was. But right now, I'm going to give them an A. They're best in the league in defense, and it's a it's a sustainable number. You know, we're a quarter way through the season. It's not like we're just going through a stretch with good defense. That we've established ourselves as a good defensive team.
2: I yep. totally agree. I would give them a borderline A plus. They have room to grow, but I mean, number one in defensive rating by over a point four. Yeah, over a point per game uh, to to the number two team in the league. They uh, they are a damn good defense, and they're kind of all bought in guys like terrence ferguson have really impressed me on the defensive end. Uh, I think guys like if we had to make a a top 5 of people who would win like end of year accolades right now, I think Steven and Paul have to be in the discussion for defensive player of the year. They yep. they are and, and they they defend they don't have really I think a significant below average defender. In the ten guys that get rotation minutes, you know, I think maybe the worst defender in the in the ten guys that get rotation minutes is who Alex Abrines,
4: Abrines, or maybe Diallo. Yeah, yeah,
2: and and they're not all bad. those
4: stats don't show it on Abrinas.
2: Yeah, you know, they're they're not they're not awful at all. So I would say they're ten deep. Each individual is um, at least average to just slightly below average most of them are uh are net plus good we would define them as good defenders and whenever they're they're all kind of on the same wavelength and they're all like clicking together this team is a scary good defensive team
3: so hp basketball matt moore from action network tweet out yesterday Stephen Adams, well and truly deserves an all star nod this year. He's been defensive player of the year so far. He won't get one, but he deserves one. Kind of agree. Kind of agree. Also, I'm just like, I'm playing with advanced stats here on uh, NBA.com stats. We were talking about pace earlier. Thunder are actually eighth in pace overall at 102.96, where the Hawks lead the team in pace at 107.10. Isn't that interesting? Oh, wow. Sacramento's under them. Let's go, Hawks. Pelicans at three. Lakers the at four. The only thing Milwaukee the Hawks are number five. one at <laughs> is pace. Shout out Trey Young. Uh
2: all right, next one. Coming back to Taylor on this one. So Taylor, this one you're you're not gonna give us a letter grade, but I want to know who the class overachiever is.
3: This is so hard. I've been trying to think, and I, I think I said that by one of the, the earlier categories, but you have, like we talked about Jeremy Grant, who's just played great on both ends of the floor. Jeremy Grant's kind been of flown insanely under the, good, the radar. and
2: I know we keep talking about him, but I don't think we talk about him enough.
3: Enough, exactly, which is why I almost want to give—he feels like he should get this. But then you have guys like Terrence Ferguson who, des- who deserve at least a nod or uh, a nomination for this because I feel like he's improved so much and has been playing really well. Uh, particularly on the defensive end in Dre's absence. But like I mentioned, he's been hitting his threes recently, which has been huge. He's been driving to the basket. But then you have like the really fun ones Deontay Burton and Hamadou Diallo. Who yep. <laughs> we, we thought those two were going to be G League players. This this year and could come in and contribute at some point, and you know in, in the future. But no, like they're coming in, they're contributing now. In fact, I would argue games like last night and even against Brooklyn, I would have liked to see both of them a little more. When, when some of these other guys cough, cough, Alex Sabrina's, and we're really dogging on Alex, and we shouldn't probably as much as we are. But I would like to see those guys get a little more grind. I know like homie has been a little, been hurt and trying to come back from injury, but especially Deonte before his his two way contract's over. I think you just milk that for what it's worth and, and give him some more minutes. So anyways, I think I'm going to go ahead and give Jeremy Grant this just because he's been so, so great. But there's, there's a lot of fun options here, a lot of good nominations. Okay, since, o- Honorable since, mentions, I guess. Yeah,
2: Since you're giving it to Jeremy Grant, I want to talk about Jeremy Grant for a second. Is that okay? Yes, do it. Okay, so Jeremy Grant, averaging in 2018-19 this season, averaging the most minutes per game of his career at 30. The most points of his career at 11.6. Uh, he's making the most field goals per game of his career. His field goal percentage is the highest of his career at 50.8%. No, sorry. I take that back. Wow. Second most highest. Last year, He averaged he, uh, his field goal percentage was 53. Um, but he was he, a center last year. Yeah. You know? He's making the most threes of his career on the most attempts, shooting 39% from three. His free throw percentage is the highest of his career. His rebounding number four per game sorry four point nine per game is the highest of his career. He's only out assisted himself once in his career. His steals are tied for the highest of his career. His blocks are kind of average for his career uh, and his plus minus every year he's been in the league he's been a negative net rating uh, most of the time not. Too awful bad, and individual plus minuses is, is a little bit misleading because you share the court with four other teammates and nine other guys. But the only yep. other time in his career, last season, he was a zero point two, so a positive. This year, he is a plus seven point three.
3: What so I just insane. learned is we need to start a most improved player campaign for Jeremy Grant. He has been and start making his mainstream. He
2: has been <laughs> insane. Nearly twelve That's points incredible. a game, five rebounds and assists, uh, a steal, a block and a half, plus seven point three, and he's shooting thirty nine percent from the field.
3: Wow! And he That's is even better than I thought.
2: Very obviously, a a above average to incredibly above average defensive player. This kid's damn good, and he's twenty four yeah. years
3: old. Twenty four yeah, years old. He, like he, he's done this and I mean I think two years ago when we first acquired him.
2: Oh, he was so um, raw.
3: The leaps he's made. Yeah. It's just it's it's insane to see his, his development. I didn't I didn't even realize how well he had been doing until you you rattled off those numbers. That's yeah, pretty he's, impressive.
2: He's playing incredibly good. And it's it's very, very encouraging. All right. Now let's uh let's damper that optimism. Nick, I need you <laughs> to tell me of the class, which student needs to get held back? Mm. AKA which which player has been the worst?
4: That's tough. Considering our how good our team is overall, and I know we dog on a lot of these guys, there's nobody on this team where I'm like 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 singular in the past or some other guys in the past where I'm like, God, I wish this person wasn't on our team. Every single person on this roster has a spot, does something well, and has some sort of value at some point throughout the season. But if I had to pick one, uh, I'm going to go... God, it's tough to say Pat. He's like the oldest dude in the class. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, I mean, just it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be him. He, see, hasn't, he hasn't been consistent since he's been in that Thunder uniform.
3: See, I, I, I kind of was going, th- going with this the way that you mentioned, Nick, and that he's the old, one of the oldest guys in, on the team, a.k.a. the class. And typically, like, when kids got held back when I was younger, it was uh, you know some, it, it was mainly due to, like, immaturity and because they were a little younger and they needed an extra year to develop, which is fine. Um, so I was going to get that to TLC because he's a younger guy. He may need to be held back a year for development, get some more minutes under his belt, and then he can come back to, you know, to the league once he's had that extra year to develop.
2: I can kind of see that,
4: but Patrick Patrick Patterson's probably been pa- the
2: most pa- disappointing. Patrick, yeah, Patrick makes makes some sense, um, especially
4: especially since the question was related to you know who's underwhelmed you the most i don't think we expected yeah. a whole lot out of tlc i think we expected him to come in and when guys were hurt like he did come in and play some some valuable minutes and get us some of those wins while we were hurt but as far as guys that i really had some expectations for patterson has probably just just been the worst i agree it's a good point
2: very good all right well there's our report card we should uh we should do this again like at the all-star break and, yeah, see, yeah. and see what has changed. Have they grown or have I they like gotten it. worse? All right, a few more Thunder things let's talk about before we move on. Thunder just, well, we assume they just made it home from a three-game road trip. They go 2-1 and one on the trip. Uh, they beat the Brakes off of Detroit. They somehow steal a game in Brooklyn based off of Paul George's insane play in the fourth quarter, and then they drop that really ugly game to the Bulls last night. The the two and one on the road trip. What you expected? Did they underwhelm? Did they overachieve? What do you guys think?
4: I think go Sorry, ahead. Go ahead. you go no you go first. You go first. <laughs> no, you
3: go first. No you go first. <laughs> no, you go first. <laughs> no, you go first. <laughs> no, you go first. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go at the same time. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> um, I think anytime you go two and one on the road, you can't be too upset. But the most disappointing part of all that was they lost to a five-win, well, before last night, a five-win Chicago Bulls team who they could have beaten or should have beaten any day of the week. Um, anytime you lose to a team like that, it's very disappointing. But again, if and, and particularly, it, I think like another element of this is they were at one point last night they were solely first in the West for the first time, and God knows who lo- how long that they've they were. By themselves, first place in the Western Conference without being tied with another team yep. because Denver lost, and then we lose. So that's even more disappointing. However, going two and one on a, on a road trip like that is tough. Um, so I'm 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 like I'm glad, but we really could use content. those three extra wins. I'm I'm content. Con, con, uh, yeah, cause content. We, we could have used those three it. wins before the schedule gets harder. Definitely for sure.
2: Nick, do you think yeah, uh, I, overachieve underachieve?
4: I, I think, you know, right there in the middle, I don't think they over or underachieved. I think people are freaking out a bit too much. Like, yes, these teams on this road trip weren't great. But if you go two and one on every three game stretch over the year, you're gonna win fifty five games. That's sixty six percent of your games. Yep. I mean how I two and one's it. not terrible.
2: That's how I felt about it.
4: That's, That's a really, really good, mean, good perspective. It's, it's not like it's not like we we went on this, you know, losing streak or anything like that. Two and one is a normal part of the season and and going two and one on the road trip will keep you a full load all year.
2: Definitely. So this next week I think is maybe, maybe the most difficult week the Thunder have had in the season so far. I think it is also a very important week for the Thunder considering where they're currently at, at what are they? 16 and eight now?
3: So were there, are they tied against for second in the West?
2: Tied for second in the West, sixteen and eight, kind of established themselves as a legitimate Western Conference contender. Um, obviously, we all think Golden State's. So when I say Western Conference contender, I mean like contender for the Western Conference Finals. But this this week I think is huge for the Thunder and really showing us where they are and how serious of a team they can be. Monday night they are home against Utah. Then they go back on the road. Wednesday night, they are at the New Orleans Pelicans. Friday night, they are at the Denver Nuggets, which we'll t- we're going to talk about Denver a little bit more here in a bit. And then that they end that stretch with a back-to-back Saturday night. They are back home against the Los yeah. Angeles Clippers. So the U- Utah Jazz, since, since the Kyle Corver trade, are playing pretty decent. New Orleans kind of middle of the pack but we know Denver and the Clippers are right there at the top of the Western Conference with us. What are your guys' expectations for this next week? What do you think is going to happen?
4: Nick, I'll let you go first since I went first on this last one. I think that there will be a little bit of adversity down this stretch. I could see us losing the first two or losing the last two and people freaking out a little bit, but I think this will be our first like, real test of having four tough games in a row, and I am very interested to see how we you know, come out of it, but I do think we will struggle quite a bit.
2: Interesting. So what's your record prediction, Nick?
4: I think two and two, and I, and I think that out of these four games, I think that the two losses will be consecutive losses.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Taylor, what do you got? What, what are you thinking about this week?
3: So I agree with that completely, and I you know I've seen a lot of people talking about that as well. Like guys like Mikey Barra and Andrew Schleck talking about how this week is probably the biggest test for the Thunder so far. Playing teams like this, you know, we're really going to see what this team's made up of, and particularly, you know, I think this kind of like will set the tone for the rest of this next stretch because it, our schedule gets so much, so much harder. So I think I could see where like they come out flat again because they've been kind of playing flat recently and come out flat against Utah. And it's one of those games where you have to claw back in the second half. And I talked about setting the tone with this, you know, this, this week, but you really kind of have to set the tone with this game for the week ahead um, and get that win. I think two and two is very realistic. I would like to say three and one. I think I'm going to go two and two though, just because it, like the schedule format's really tough. Four games in a week. We have a back to back that Friday and Saturday against two really good teams in Denver and the Clips. So I'm going to say two and two. I think we beat Utah and New Orleans and dropped those two Denver and Clippers, unfortunately. Although, you know what? I say that. Denver doesn't have Gary Harris. Maybe we
4: will go three and one.
2: They don't have Gary Harris and <laughs> they don't have Paul Millsap.
4: And they also oh. don't have Isaiah Thomas and they also don't have Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's true, and they're still really damn good. Okay, I'm, three and one.
2: I'm gonna go three and one. Um, I think they're gonna come out. First off, I think that Utah game. This is the first time they've played Utah since they lost the the playoffs, and I think they're gonna that's come a good out point. invested. They're gonna come out determined to uh, to right that wrong from last spring. And really buy in. I actually kind of expect Paul George to have a good game against Utah. Because he doesn't want to get worked by Joe Ingles again. Those next three I sure are interesting. So. I, I think they can play good against those three as well. They're, they're going to drop one of them, I believe. But I'm going 3-1. and one. I think having the full weekend off before they get back to actual NBA games is going to be a huge help. And I think the the defense will right itself. I mean, against like the 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 Bulls last night, they gave up seventy first half points, which is awful. And then they give up forty four in the second half, which is really really good. So yep. it, it, it's just been like like Billy Donovan said last night. It's been a thing of like focus and concentration. And I think they're going to come out bought in, ready to prove a point against four really good Western Conference teams. Uh, I expect them to go three and one, so we'll see what happens. But it's going to be a really interesting week. Whenever we pod again, probably next Sunday, it's going to be pretty good. Like we are, uh, we're going to have a have a much better understanding of what this team is.
3: I agree. You guys for ready them, to go around I'm the really association? Really excited. Really excited for a week from now. Let's do it.
2: All right, let me, uh, let me find the sounder. Oh, here we go. You ready? It's the, it's the old sounder. Forgive me.
1: Cool. All around the world. come around me? come
2: around me? Bring it around town. Bring it around town.
3: So, since the last time we podcasted, there wasn't quite as much as last week, but there still has been some things that have happened. I think the the main the, well we had a trade. I don't know if this was the main thing that, that happened this past week, but we we had a trade that happened yesterday. Perfect timing. It was big in terms of moves and in uh, picks and players, but maybe not so big in terms of impact on the league. But it was between the Cavs, the Bucks. The Wizards came in kind of last minute. The Cavs got Delvadova, uh, Henson, a future first, which I guess was protected, and a two thousand and twenty one second pick from the Bucks. And then the Bucks got George Hill. They got their, uh, their point guard. they kind of been wanting to play with Giannis. They got a 2021 second, and this was from Washington via Utah. Uh, they got that from the Cavs. And then Smith and, and Cash from the who? Who was that player? Smith and Cash from the Wizards. Uh, it
4: was Jason Smith. Jason Smith. Okay, I was going to say it wasn't J.R. Smith.
3: No, no, no. <laughs> that can be kind of
4: confusing. It's, it's that, I think it's that – big white guy that plays for them.
3: Okay, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And then meanwhile the Wizards got uh Sam Decker from the Cavs. So De- Decker's back in a Wizards uniform or actually I don't know. I I read something that said like Decker's back, but maybe they just meant that the Wizards are getting Decker back.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, regardless,
3: he- not a huge impact. I I don't think along- around the league, but for the Bucks, they're going to clear a lot of cap space next season, and that was kind of the biggest thing here. Also, the Cavs did it because they want to start building for the future. They got those future draft picks, and they're willing to take on some money in order to do that. Now, one thing I did want to bring up is, I guess, uh, Bobby Marks tweeted this out, and and I think maybe uh, Brian Windhorst as well, but a big reason that both teams wanted to get this done by yesterday at like 6 p.m. was because of a certain deadline and this new, new SCBA that basically – by trading these players by that deadline, they will be able to uh, combine them with other contracts and players before the February trade uh, com- complete tra- trade deadline and can trade these guys before then. Um, they don't have to hold on to them the rest of the season. So that, that was kind of a big deadline yesterday and, and kind of a push to get this trade done. So, Nick, with all that information, some of which I didn't even know and had to ask you about, <laughs> uh,
4: what are your thoughts on it? I think it's interesting for all sides of the table. At first, you know, Lowe's was kind of tweeting it piece by piece, and I kept thinking like, "Oh, that's bad for the uh, that's bad for the Bucks. Oh, that's really bad for the Bucks. Oh my gosh, the Bucks gave up all that." And then <laughs> just at the for end, George Hill, yeah, right. At the end, whenever they kind of you know lay it out for you, what actually happened, you know, I think the Bucks have kind of made a statement that hey, we're good now. But we also want to be good in the future. So we're going to shed some of this money. And we're going to really focus on free agency and having space to, to pair people up with Giannis and stuff or Giannis. And so I think from that point of view, yes, they give up a lot of picks and, and that kind of thing. But they're going to really come, come next, next summer, the summer after that, we're going to say this was a great trade for the Bucks because they're going to have some salary cap. Yep. Um, yep. On, on, from Cleveland's point of view, obviously it's a great trade. Um, they're getting some more young assets. The GOAT is back Deli, in Cleveland. Delhi. Yeah you know, he he's a, he's a fan favorite. That would be kind of like, you know, Deion Waiters coming back to OKC as far as, you know, being that guy that everyone loved. So I think, uh, you know, the Cavs at this point really don't have anything to play for. Maybe the fans will be happy that he's back in Cleveland um, and then, of course, the Wizards um, get Sam Decker, who's not great, but you never know. He could have you know, a breakout year for them. Who really knows? Maybe it's the piece they've been needing to not suck so bad. Yeah, that, I don't was, know. that was interesting. I, they kind of weaseled their way into yeah, this trade. Yeah, and, and I, don't know, I don't know if they see something in him or if they just wanted to make some sort of move to see if it would, would flick something in their locker room. I don't know what their thought process Maybe was. Maybe like a trade ship? Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. I'm I don't curious. know. I, I really don't know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, that's three teams that made a little noise, and I'm hoping that it domino effects a little bit here coming up to this December 15th uh, milestone of, of some of these other guys being able to be traded.
3: Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the biggest thing coming from this is, well, one, the fact that I mentioned that these players can still be traded, before the Febu- if traded again before the February deadline. And then, two, um, you know, the Bucks are obviously trying to make some moves. Either they're going to try and make some sort of move to, like, before the February trade deadline to, uh, you know, to make them maybe that first seed in the East, you know, um, competitive with the Raptors. But also, you know, they're trying to create cap space and attract some free agents next season for Giannis, which is which is they should be. You know, they need to do everything they can to keep him around. We've kind of seen this. With Anthony Davis and the Pelicans kind of scrambling right now, uh, this season and, and next before he's a free agent after next season. And then, you know, the third thing is the Cavs are looking to start building for the future, which makes me curious the whole Kevin Love situation. You know, they just signed him to that new extension, that new contract this past off season. I'm curious if, if they're going to look to trade him, if they're just gonna keep him around for the young guys and try and build, you know, with Kevin Love. Oh, Kevin Love like Clippers they're doing. See, he's that's, gone. Yeah, like, that's, the way that contract
2: is constructed, it declines as the years go on. Like every year, he gets paid less money. They front-loaded that contract, so it's team-friendly so, so team and it's tradable. Like when he's healthy, they he is very much on the trading block.
3: Interesting. They're, I, I think be, they're,
2: they're trying to hoard draft picks and young players, and uh, and hit the reset button, which is what they need to do.
3: Jake, do give you have any any more thoughts that uh, that Nick and I didn't mention,
2: nope, I think I'm good.
3: Like, cool, cool. Well, speaking of trade chips, trade and people on the trade block, according to Mark Stein this past last week, Trevor Ariza is on the trade block. Um, the the Suns are looking to move him. There's been some talks that they may even be willing to buy him out. If he was bought out. One team that would be very interested is a team that's not very good and a team that let him go this offseason, the Houston Rockets. We've talked a little bit about oh, yeah. that over the our, our past couple pods. Um, but is one of those guys that could really just fit anywhere. What do you guys think – first of all, what do you guys think happens? Does he get traded or bought out? And what teams – I mean, that's kind of a hard question because he could fit on almost any team. But what teams do you think would really be looking for him? What teams would you guys like to see him on, et cetera? I start this
2: one. He's getting traded, dude. Yeah, I
4: said the same thing. There's no way he's getting bought out. Well, I think that's why they signed him. Yeah,
2: there's so much value for him that, like, it's he is not. I don't think there's any chance he is a buyout candidate. Like, Phoenix is going to get offers for him. It's up to them to choose which offer they like. Like, there, it's not. It's not like one of those guys, like Tyson Chandler, where the only way you're getting rid of him is buying him out. There's so much value for Ariza across the league. Anybody can use a six foot nine three and D wing that can you can plug into the two, three, or four. You know, so he's he's got immense value. That 15 million is a little bit high, especially for a rental. But somebody would be willing to do it. Somebody would be willing to do it. So I think it's interesting that he's already on the trade block when Phoenix like just signed him. I think it shows very much that Ariza was just out for the payday this past summer. Uh, and I can't blame him. Cannot blame yep. him uh, for for securing the bag.
4: He got but, paid in a dry market. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So he, he'll get traded. Where to? Who knows? But he will get traded. Uh, there, I don't think there's any chance in hell he gets bought out.
4: Yep. Nick, you have anything yeah, to I, add? Yeah, I, I think there's zero chance of him getting bought out. I think every team in this league would at least give a second-round pick for him. Um, and I think he's worth way more than that. So I don't think there's any way he's going to get bought out and they're not going to get anything for him. As far as who he can be traded to, I don't know. I, like, like you said, any team would love to have him. I think any team in this league could use him. So it's going to come down to which contender... Is- is willing to take on that kind of money for a rental Dude, and you guys thinks t- they can make that push.
2: Taylor just mentioned how the Pelicans are trying to do what they can to convince AD to stay. And the yeah. one thing the Pelicans have always needed is, is wings. I mean, yeah. he would make ton of That'd sense be a there. Great fit. great God, fit. God, can you imagine a lineup with Ariza at the three, Nikola Miritich at the four, and then AD at AD at the at five. The five. And then he had
3: Drew Holiday at the one or two. That's, that's solid. That's a and lot. then
2: Julius
4: Randle off the bench balling.
2: That's a yeah, lot of length. Great. That's a lot of
3: length,
4: and, and with some shooting too. You exactly. know, that's it's
3: impressive. I could also like I was thinking of teams like the Sixers. You know, he might make sense there. Uh, um, Don't the Sixers already team, have the,
2: Trevor Ariza light and Wilson Chandler?
3: Yeah, but he's been very inconsistent this year. Kind of hurt, banged up.
2: Yeah, it's true.
3: Um, you're right it's though. True. When it makes sense to to really do that, if you have him on the on on your roster, but I, I had another team too that I kind of forgot about. But
4: uh, the I, I Oklahoma think, City I Thunder. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all of the like shooting guards, small forward, power forward injuries they've had, I could see the Nuggets maybe taking a shot at that's who I'm thinking since of. That they like defense
3: that yep. year apparently. That's, that's exactly. an and with Millsap that is Nuggets definitely was the team news. I was thinking of, and the Grizzlies got a lot would be kind of interesting
4: too. got a lot of too. pieces they could trade too.
3: Yeah,
2: the Grizzlies yep. would make a little bit of sense. He kind of fits the mold for the Grizzlies for sure.
4: Yeah. So I
3: mentioned one team that you know there's there's fans clamoring for Ariza to come back is the Houston Rockets, who have just been awful. Although I, I'm looking at standings because I'm burning up Rockets. But I do you want to correct ourselves from earlier in the podcast? The Thunder are not second in the West anymore they are tied their third with the Clippers yeah behind the Warriors and the Nuggets Mm. they went from from first to third
4: yeah yeah I saw that this morning I I didn't hear you say that I would have corrected you but yeah yeah, we we slipped a little bit even though it doesn't really mean anything like what's the difference between first and fourth right now anyways
3: I mean we still have the same same numbers in the loss column as the first place Nuggets so and
4: I believe I could be wrong on this too because I I looked at it this morning But I believe that we have the same record as the second place in the East, Bucks.
3: We do. That is a great point. Yeah. So Raptors are at twenty-one and six, which is just crazy. Uh, first place in the East, maybe not so crazy, but it's just very impressive. And yeah, Bucks are at sixteen and eight, second place in the East, and 76ers are third at eighteen and nine. Um, but so bringing up the Rockets, they are current. They are not so so high up on the list they are 14th <laughs> second to last in the western conference at 11 and 13 they lost some pretty bad games they got absolutely destroyed by a bearless jazz because he got suspended or ejected, ejected in the first quarter for playing tennis which was hilarious that was funny the donovan mitchell instagram yeah, post. if you guys no haven't seen stuff. that you have got to go hilarious. look up his instagram It that was so funny yeah they let's see they lost to the Timberwolves 103 to 91 before that. They did beat the Bulls, something we didn't do, but they, they beat the Spurs, or yeah, they did beat the Spurs, but they lost to the Mavericks, lost to the Wizards, lost to the Cavaliers, Pistons. They have a lot of bad, bad losses here recently. What are your guys' thoughts on Houston? Um, you know, are there gonna be a lot of move, moves that are made? Is it just as simple as trying to get C P three healthy?
2: Daryl Moore is just, just playing up? chess while we're playing checkers, man. That's what it is. He's just too smart. <laughs>
3: He's, he's just so he's so good. He's just know?
2: throwing the first half of the season to get everybody off his scent.
3: God, he went on some podcast this week and just basically just played the whole, oh, man, you know, it, it is my fault. You know, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong. I didn't even listen to it. I just heard, like, some, some excerpt from it or whatever. And and then after that, just, like, all the national media is coming out, like, oh, man, Maury, he's such a good GM. Look at him taking credit for this. This is what you do when times are tough.
2: Oh, I like, hate how, how, much,
3: how much is he paying you guys to to do this? How's Carmelo
2: Anthony working out for yeah. you, buddy?
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I love it. I love it so much. I've got, two, I've got two separate thoughts on this topic. First thought I have as, as they keep falling down these rankings is how nice do those four Houston first-round picks sound for Jimmy Butler now? Yeah. With the, with the direction they're going, those, picks, those picks could be not bad. And, Particularly if Jimmy
3: would have just gone in there and kind of blown it up.
4: Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: They didn't and match well at first.
4: Secondly, this is exactly the situation that I remember for the Thunder when they got Paul George. I remember there was all these guys in the trade market for rentals or just guys that weren't fitting. And this was offseason, obviously, so it's a little different. And nowhere ever did you see any rumors of the Thunder having the assets to get Paul George. They had nobody to trade. They, they, were, they were done making offseason moves because they have no more assets, and they're stuck, and their salary's locked, and there's nothing they could do. And then Sam Presti pulls Paul George out of his butt for practically well, what we thought at the time was nothing. And I think the exact same thing's going to happen for the Rockets. They're going to rip some team off, and they're going to get... Some crazy superstar, whether it be on a rental or on a bad contract for practically nothing.
3: Kimba Walker or Anthony Davis to the Rockets. Nick is calling it bull. I, I, like I don't know
4: about I don't know <laughs> about that
3: big, but <laughs> no, that's that's a really good point. You know, you got a guy like Eric Gordon over there uh, that a lot of teams, particularly some playoff contenders, may be interested in. You know, we talked about Kevin Love. I think that's something that Houston could definitely entertain once yeah. Kevin Love's healthy. You know, it. it he's definitely. Morey is definitely definitely not done making moves this season for sure. I think that's a good point. He's not just going to throw in the towel or hope that Chris Paul starts playing playoff basketball level basketball again. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Regardless, I'm going to enjoy it while 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 it lasts, and we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see how high they make it up up in the standings come playoff time. So one thing hey, that I mentioned, that's but before oh, sorry, we move on,
2: before we move on real quick, we get to the February trade deadline and the rockets are at best four games above 500. And on the outside looking in of the playoffs, what is your percentage chance that they seriously try to trade Chris Paul uh, this season?
4: Oh. I don't think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they trade him before that trade deadline. I mean, the more you look at his salary and how old he is, like they're yep. paying him t- they're paying him till he's like what, 37 or something?
2: Let me ask you this. At this point, do you have to attach a sweetener to that deal to get somebody to take Chris Paul?
4: Depends on who you're trading for, but you may have to.
2: Because I, like yeah, that that's contract's it. bad, man.
4: Really bad. It is bad.
2: Bad.
3: And CP3 is looking old. He's looking much more old this season. I think you do you either have to attach a sweetener or you find a team that's like the Bucks, for example, who, you know, CP3 having a, a passer like him could just take Giannis to the next level. And they think that that can get them to the finals this year. Uh, you know, it's maybe a team like that. But, uh, ugh, yeah, I if I'm if I'm them, I think I would be trying to trade CP3. But I'm not sure. I, I think it comes down to is James Harden going to give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down on that, you know?
4: Do you, think, do you think Milwaukee would trade CP3 for Chris Middleton straight up? That's who I was
3: thinking, but I just don't see you in what world you do that. Middleton's so valuable.
4: It is tough.
3: Yep. So one team that I mentioned is on top of the Western Conference right now but may not be for much longer uh, is the Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap broke a toe, and last night's loss to Charlotte. They're going to take him back to Denver to evaluate him and see how long he will be out. Could Meanwhile, get amputated. Now- yeah, he might not have a big toe anymore. Um, Gary Harris, we just learned right before we started podcasting, needs three to four weeks to rehab his hip injury, which sucks because I have him on my fantasy team. So <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, do you guys see the Nuggets slipping quite a bit?
2: Nah. I, this is pretty big, man. Cause like, so they're in place of Gary Harris. They've been playing who? Juancho Gomez. Yep. And then now in place of Paul Millsap, they're gonna be playing who? Trey Lyles. Right. Trey Lyles. So, after Juancho, uh, uh, Wanchin, how do you say his name? I just.
4: I think it's like Juancho Hernan Gomez. Hernan Gomez. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Juancho. Juancho.
2: I was trying to say Juancho, Juancho! Gomez.
1: Juancho. <laughs>
2: and after and after Trey Lyles, you're kind of like really thin. Um. You know, we've seen the Thunder struggle with injuries this year as well. Having those two guys out of the lineup for the next month, because I'm assuming. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Paul Millsap will be a month with a with a broken toe. That's right. uh,
3: that's pretty significant. They, they, and, right? in, a,
2: in an incredibly competitive Western Conference, that could result in some some slippage for sure.
4: I think they'll slip a little bit. I don't think they're going to like fall out of a playoff race or anything. Um, they're they're so good as far as playing as a team. I feel like with when you have. Jokic as your center, he just is such a good facilitator at the center position that he really just makes whoever's out there kind of work.
3: Yeah, and, and also Jamal Murray. I mean, he's been he's been balling. He he can be really bad sometimes, but he can also just you know drop forty points one game just out of nowhere. Um, I could see him kind of stepping up and, and playing really well during this as well. But I definitely don't think they're going to be first in the West yeah, for much just longer.
2: The- their, their starting unit struggles a little bit, but I think their second unit really takes the hit, you know, because you're sliding in third-string guys into that second unit, and they're going, to, uh, they're going to struggle a bit. So, yeah, in an incredibly c- competitive Western Conference, I see them slipping. I see them slipping. Yep.
3: So speaking of Denver losing uh, and slipping, last night was the night of upsets. Not only did we lose to the Bulls 114 to 112, but the Nuggets lost to Charlotte like i mentioned they they lost 113 107. Uh, Toronto lost to Brooklyn. That might have been the biggest one of all. They lost 106 to 105. And typically this wouldn't really be an upset, but this season it is just due to the Western Conference standings. The Spurs who were under the Lakers, they beat the Lakers 133 to 120. Give it up you know, 133
2: to the Spurs, man.
3: Spurs. And uh DeRozan just went crazy I think I I don't have a stat line here but I think he dropped like 30 plus yeah and also the Lakers you know I I checked that score at halftime and the Lakers were up LeBron had a really solid stat line it looks like they were going to be in control and I guess the Spurs just had like a ridiculous second half and came back and won so we had some uh, some interesting upsets last night
4: this is a weird night night for
2: the NBA just a weird night
3: very very so that's all I got Awesome.
2: Uh, you guys have anything else before we uh, we start wrapping this bad boy up?
3: I Thunder have up. a week. prediction.
2: Oh, okay.
4: We like predictions. I think down this stretch of four games, we play some good teams. I think we see the God version of Alex us again over these next four games. Oh, supernova <laughs> Alex. I think he's coming back. You tell me that mother- I like it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I like it. I like it too.
3: I'm All excited. Right. This is a, a very testing, big week. It's oh, going to yeah. be a lot
2: of fun. It's going to be fun. All right, let's bump some some outro music and uh, and get out of here. So thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. If you want an in-depth breakdown of the Bulls game from last night, make sure to check out. We we send them out on the same The same format that we do these big podcasts. And Justin did the post-game podcast last night. Like we've been mentioning, big week ahead. We will have post-game podcasts for each of the games coming up. About 20-minute podcasts, perfect for your lunch break, your ride to or from, work or school. So make sure you check those out. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Leave us a review. The more of those things we get, it just kind of solidifies what we do and helps more people see the podcast. And we really appreciate that. I don't have anything else. I I was going to say something. I just went completely blank. So uh, (laughs) thunder up and we will talk to you guys later.
1: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G.